folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind, when you want to hit the reset button. Reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hello, welcome to another episode of Purple Insider presented by Scout Logistics and by Symbol, your stock market for sports. Matthew Collar here along with Sam Ekstrom. There's a bunch of news items that we need to get to and address how they impact the Minnesota Vikings offseason. And that has to begin with Dak Prescott's contract. I mentioned it very briefly at the beginning of yesterday's show, but I need to get your opinion on it. I think if you're Kirk Cousins, you look at Dak Prescott's contract and you say, we we are hitting the market in 2022, baby, because the 17-game season is coming. The Monster Monster TV contract appears to be coming. I don't think Jerry Jones spends this much money on Dak Prescott if he doesn't believe that's going to happen. And so if you are Cousins, your contract is up after two more years, why would you not plan to just play that out? It's an interesting question because typically quarterbacks at Cousins' age or whatever his age will be if he hits free agency in two years, I think he'll be turning 34 that year. Quarterbacks that are Super Bowl champions, future Hall of Famers, they can get the megabucks at that age, no problem. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they've still got a lot of earning years left, but for a quarterback with Cousins' track record, and I, I verified this, I think, yesterday, he has an exactly 500 record in over 100 starts now, so we know who he is. I'm not sure quarterbacks of that caliber continue appreciating with the market. I feel like, and, and it's a little bit unprecedented, like to have a quarterback of Cousins' track record to continue getting the the major bucks like this. I mean, the, the salary cap's been only increasing at at this current rate, you know, for for so many years um, to the point where, you know, these contracts have gotten into the 30 and now $40 million per year range. So Cousins might be a really interesting test case. To me, in two years, unless he leads this Vikings team to 12 wins and multiple playoff wins, I feel like he's depreciating. But I, I don't know if I can underestimate quarterback contracts. Maybe that's stupid of me because they keep getting given out like candy. They keep one-upping each other. Dak Prescott has a season-ending injury and makes over $40 million per year. So credit to Dak, first of all. And and one other entrail to this, I wonder what um, what this means for Daniil Hunter, too, because this sort of proves that you can get hurt and still cash in if you're a star player. Yeah, I think on Hunter's standpoint that other teams who are trying to trade for Daniil Hunter will say, ah, oh, you know, coming off an injury, sorry, can't give you that second first round draft pick. But in terms of Hunter's 
people, his agent, and it, the way that he views what he should get paid, he, I think this is a major win for him to look at another young player who who had a, a horrible injury that's maybe even worse than what Daniil Hunter's is and say, well, look, his team still paid him, so I think you're going to have to pay me too. And that has kind of been the norm for younger players if they are of a certain cut. If you are in the three top 3% of the NFL in terms of your value, which Hunter would probably be. And Dak Prescott, of course, is as being a top seven to 10 quarterback. You're in just like wins above replacement type value. You saw their wins last year with uh, Andy Dalton. It didn't go so well. Uh, then you can probably say, yeah, my injury, my injury, whatever, but still you got to pay me because there are only a few human beings that can do what I do. To circle back to your point, yeah, I, I tend to lean toward there's always going to be quarterback desperation, that this isn't going anywhere. Uh, we have seen just in the last few weeks, Carson Wentz, who was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year, get traded. And in a horrible contract situation, and he still gets moved. And we saw the Los Angeles Rams way overpay for Matt Stafford, who does not have as good of a record as Kirk Cousins, doesn't have as good of stats as Kirk Cousins, gets sacked more often, wins less. Like, I mean, it's kind of remarkable when you look at um, what Matt Stafford has actually done and how he's still valued in the NFL. Now, maybe there's some sort of perception or they look at his tools and things like that, but he also doesn't have anywhere near as good of health as Kirk Cousins. So I think if Kirk hit the market, there's always going to be that team that has a bust quarterback. And so they've built up their roster and they've been building for years. And then they say, oh boy, now what? Kind of like Indianapolis last year, they paid Phillip Rivers when Phillip Rivers was coming off a pretty bad season with the Los Angeles Chargers. And they still said, yeah, come in, come in, come play for our team and, and try to get us to the playoffs with this really good roster. And I think there's always going to be that team out there. And if you're Kirk, You've been incredibly healthy and incredibly consistent. I mean, I can't think of another quarterback in the NFL that is as consistent as Kirk Cousins from year to year. He is exactly Kirk Cousins right to right down to the streakiness. Every single year has a seven game stretch where he's the best quarterback in the NFL and a seven game stretch where you're like, what's going on there? Uh, and it's it's really remarkable. So I think that uh, it would be worth rolling the dice if you are him, because you know that there's going to be a team out there. So my question is, let's say he does take that approach and says, I want to get that DAC money. Well, what do you do if you're the Vikings then? Does that mean you draft someone this year? and try to groom them so you can trade cousins next year. I I don't think the the Vikings would be opposed to Kirk saying, um, yeah, I'd like to hit free agency because now, now that does put them on the hook for potentially a $45 million cap hit, which is troublesome. Now that 17 game season money might be coming in. Maybe that doesn't take up 25% of the cap like it would today. Maybe it only takes up uh, 17% or 20% or whatever it might be, a little more in line with normal quarterback contracts. Um, I, I think the Vikings at some point are going to have to swallow a, a large sum of money. Um, you know, unless they get out right now and, and give Cousins to somebody else, maybe it's the, the Broncos, maybe it's the 49ers. If, if that $45 million cap hit kicks in, I think they should just accept that they might have to eat that and they might have to have a really bad year um, where they have no money to spend and they're in salary cap purgatory. That might be the cost of doing business. 
And you're right to some extent where I think there will be a team that looks at Cousins and says what the Vikings said about him three years ago. Oh, if we just give him this, yeah, that will maximize his potential. Uh, the Vikings have had a, a pass blocking unit, bottom quarter of the NFL every year. If we protect him, um, he will succeed. And someone will convince themselves of that because of the flashes that Kirk Cousins shows. And even Rick Spielman, trying to convince himself of it, said Kirk Cousins was the one of the best quarterbacks in football down the stretch last year, which I think if you narrow it down to sort of the, the right amount of games, yeah, like from week, I don't know, eight on, sure, you, you could probably make an argument for that. But again, the Vikings also went six and five in that stretch. So it's it's not exactly overwhelming. But um, Kirk Cousins' future is such, he's such an enigma for being as consistent as he is, he really is an enigma because you don't know what you can expect game to game, but you know what to expect season to season, if that makes any sense. No, it absolutely does. You can start any season with Kirk Cousins 1-5. I mean, that's always a possibility, but then he can get hot and play as well as anybody in the NFL. But I mean, last time I checked, the seasons are 16 games long, but you can always talk yourself into it, though. And that's exactly what Rick Spielman was doing. One of the old school Bill James don'ts for statistics was pick arbitrary endpoints. And people love to pick arbitrary endpoints when trying to make the case for Cousins. But if you're the Vikings and you've sort of gotten exhausted on each one of these seasons has a long stretch of ineffectiveness. One of those stretches got John D. Filippo fired. Uh, another one of those stretches put them in a one and five hole where he led the NFL in interceptions. I mean, if, if you are the Vikings and you look at this and say, Kirk is who he is, he's not going to get better. He's in his thirties. And we realize now that there's only so much we can do around him in order to try to win. And we've given him good teams and it still hasn't happened. And they decide to move on. I think you have to make that decision today. Make it right now. You know what it's going to cost to keep him long term. So if you make that decision right now that you are or aren't going to keep him, then if you are, then you put on your full court press for next year for an extension for Cousins. And if you are not going to keep him, then you plan on drafting a quarterback this year, playing this thing out, and then moving on from Cousins after 2022 and letting him have his dream and hit the market. Something tells me that Cousins is done being committed to as a long-term franchise quarterback, it strikes me as he he is a bridge. For the rest of his career, he will be a bridge, a well-paid bridge, yeah. like a very well-constructed, like a lot of time and attention being put into building that bridge. But I don't think he's getting more than a two-year deal beyond 2022. I just can't, I can't see any team looking at the track record. At that point, he'll have eight years of starting experience under his belt, and he'll be almost 34 years old. I think he becomes sort of the veteran who is going to give you a high floor to kind of keep you competitive until your next guy is ready. I don't, I don't think he gets like a massive commitment anywhere for the rest of his career. I, even the Vikings never gave him a massive commitment. The first one was three years. The second one was two additional years. I think that his next step is probably two more additional years, whether that's with the Vikings or his next team. I, I think he's done uh, considering those long, long-term deals, unless he goes and wins the Super Bowl this year, and then um, what? What if that happens, Collar? What if Kirk Cousins wins a Super Bowl? I mean, at that point, it's all gravy. 
because you've won the Super Bowl. So, so what do you do at that point? Do you give him two more? Do you give him three more? Obviously, you're going to extend him um, to get that cap hit down. What's your play at that point if the unthinkable happens? You give him the Joe Flacco memorial contract, which is we know we're probably not going to win again, but here is uh, the most money in the NFL because you won us a Super Bowl, and that is irreplaceable in our history. I think that's probably what would happen. The question for me is if you haven't made the decision yet, and that's why I say make the decision now Mm -hmm. so you can treat this as a long-term thing, but if you haven't made the decision yet, then what's your bar? And I like asking this question for everybody. I like asking this question for Rick Spielman. I like asking this question for Mike Zimmer. What is your bar? Is your bar 10 wins? Is it 12 wins? Is it the, uh, you know, divisional round? Is it like, what, what does he need to rank top five by PFF? Does he need to have 40 touchdowns? Like, how are you deciding whether he's going to be your long-term guy? And that's why I say, you know what you have right now, Go with what you have right now for your information and make that decision. And if Mac Jones is there at 14 or Trey Lance, then just take them if you're Mm -hmm. planning on long-term moving on from Cousins. And if you're not, then start trying to work on an extension for him now. See if you can prod him into it right now if you really want him to be your guy. Because the longer you wait, the more money is going to be available with the salary cap and the more he's going to demand. Well, he probably has more trade value today, too, than he would in one year. If, if this next year is in line with his career average, um, I, I think that gives more or less reason for teams to think they can change him. Um, I, I think this year, you know, he, he is coming off a statistically very good season. I think there's probably a, enough of a case where um, Kyle Shanahan could talk himself into it. You know, there, there's more reason to think that in year seven of being a full-time starter um, we can turn him into something than it is year eight or year nine or every year um, thereafter. So uh, if you've got a chance, I think to, to take that guy at number 14, um, I I think you got to do it. And I'm coming more and more around to that as the draft gets closer and closer. I still don't know if I'm in team trade up for a quarterback, but I'm in, I might be on team take someone if they're right there. And more likely than not, there's always the one guy who drops. Um, Lamar Jackson was that guy at one point. Teddy Bridgewater was that guy. You're always going to see somebody sort of surprise you. And maybe it's Justin Fields. Maybe it's Trey Lance. Usually the NFL has a different opinion on at least one of these quarterbacks to the point where they do make it to the middle of the first or to the end of the first. And Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, those guys both dropped to the middle and turned out to be franchise quarterbacks. So if that does happen, maybe you maybe you change course based on what happens on draft night with your long-term view of Cousins. If you have one of those quarterbacks that you think, if this is the guy that falls, we are going to take it. But just with Prescott's contract, I think that becomes more realistic than it's ever been for the possibility of the Vikings drafting a quarterback this year. Uh, Let me ask you this before we move on to some other things and how they affect the Vikings. Do you like Prescott? I mean, do you think that Dallas is a long-term or even short-term Super Bowl contender with Dak Prescott as their quarterback? I might be a little biased because I went to that Vikings Cowboys game to cover it in 2019. And I thought that was one of the most impressive quarterback performances in a losing effort mind you they lost the game but I thought Prescott was incredible and I see that from him uh from time to time 
his arm strength, his mobility, and obviously he's got great weapons there. Like that shouldn't be overlooked. He is equipped, I think, with with a, a really good offensive line, or at least he has been in previous years. Wide receiving core is elite. So, and I think Prescott's fantastic. I think he's he's got a great personality. He's really marketable. He's really smart. I I would love him as my franchise quarterback. Um, and he's still really young. What is he? Twenty seven now? Twenty six? Uh, let me it's pull this important. up. He he's is. Uh, he's twenty seven. Yeah, he's in his prime. Um, I love Prescott. Yeah, and I, I think Dallas made the right move. To be honest with you, we've had an. Th- there's been enough comebacks from injury where I think I. I don't think. Um, Dallas needed to be overly cautious about this. I think if Alex Smith can come back, um, from what he suffered, if Teddy Bridgewater can come back from from what he suffered, I think there's reason to believe that Dak Prescott can come back and be just fine. So I I like the move for Dallas. Um, I don't know how they keep inventing cap space for all these stars. I think that might come to roost one day and sort of and and back up the trajectory of what the Cowboys can be because they are paying a lot of expensive players, including a running back, which is not very smart. So I don't know if he wins them a Super Bowl in the next three years, but I still wouldn't want him to leave. I mean, he, you got him, you at phenomenal value fourth round, I believe. Yep. And look at, look look at what he became. I mean, you, you got to hold on to an asset like that. He's a top 10 quarterback. Uh, Yeah. Good move by Dallas. I think. Hey, I want to tell you about our very cool new sponsor, Symbol. Symbol is a new sports marketplace where you can trade shares of professional teams like stocks. Go to symbol.app, that is S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P to sign up for the promo code PURPLE to get a $10 deposit bonus if you are a first-time user and you are off and rolling. Here's how it works. You buy stock in your teams, and then when your team wins, you earn cash payouts that are instantly deposited. So baseball season is starting. You can buy into your favorite team today, and as their stock rises throughout the year, it pays off for you. Or get in before free agency in the draft changes football for next season. Another thing that Symbol does is sends you updates all the time on what's trending to keep you up to the latest market movement. So check out Symbol.app or follow them on Twitter at Symbol Exchange and check out the Marketplace for Sports today. Folks, March is quite the month for Minnesota sports, and Soda Stick has you covered with Minnesota sports-themed gear. The hockey team is headed down the stretch, so you've got to check out the Dollar Bill Krill shirts, and baseball is ready to get started. Go to SodaStick.com, check out the Touch em All shirts, the Twinkies hats, and the Tomorrow Night hoodies. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping. So go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods, all of their apparel is screen printed here in minnesota on super soft super comfy shirts and hoodies you will love it that is soda stick s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping i think he's ascending still and we'll see how the injury impacts him for the start of next year, because that might be where things take off a little bit slowly from the beginning. And of course, in the first two games, that's where we'll judge the entire contract as we do. But if you look at his PFF grades from year to year, he started off with that great offensive line 
And in a good situation offensively where he was kind of handing off a lot and then making the throws he needed to throw, uh, when we saw him in 2016, you could sort of get to him. And then as he's gone along, he's become much more of a pocket passer. There's still some inconsistencies with his accuracy, but I think those get made up with the run game where he can be someone that you design runs. He can be a red zone, a very serious red zone threat with his legs, and he could be a playmaker. He could throw on the run. And that performance, like you said, in 2019 was not against a bum defense. That was against the defense that finished in the top five in points against. And he shredded them for 400 yards or something like that that night and was, as per usual, let down by his coach. And I think that that's one thing that it remains a major question for Dallas is how long will they stick with Mike McCarthy and will he ruin some of the best years of Dak Prescott's life, just like he did uh, in some ways with Aaron Rodgers? Um, there's other things uh, going on here, lots to talk about. One of them being that Allen Robinson, actually, as we're speaking right now, franchise tagged by the Chicago Bears. Uh, do you think that makes anything more interesting for Russell Wilson to know that if he came to the Chicago Bears in a trade, that he would join Allen Robinson there? That he has one weapon instead of zero in <laughs> yeah. Chicago? Really good weapon, though. Uh, yeah, he he's good. It's uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to make Allen Robinson any happier. Al Allen Robinson um was obviously discontent last year. Getting franchise tagged is not the way to appease your stars. Um, they would rather have a little more security than that. So that doesn't really tell Russell that he's going to be around beyond 2021. I don't think that changes the equation for Russell. No, I mean, they've got to do more than that for 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 me, at least, in my opinion, for him to to really consider Chicago. Um it's a short, it's a short term move. Maybe they do, you know, use this year to to negotiate with him. I know they have that window open now, but they probably won't have done that by the time Russell makes a decision or the Seahawks make a decision. So I I am not enamored with that move if I'm Russell. The way I look at it is from Allen Robinson's perspective, I'm telling them get me a quarterback and we will talk about this long-term contract extension. And if they were to trade for Russell Wilson, and I can't come up with a trade that really works in terms of salary cap, uh, I can come up with a trade that works just player for player, which would be Khalil Mack and some draft picks. But I don't know how that works with the salary cap. That seems like that might be very difficult. But um, if I'm Robinson, I'm totally fine with staying in Chicago with the long-term contract extension. If you get me somebody better than Nick Foles, if you get me somebody better than uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, who he's had mm -hmm. to deal with, or Blake Bortles once upon a time he had to deal with in Jacksonville. Like that's not going to work if I'm Allen Robinson for signing me to a long-term contract extension. And I think that this puts a lot of pressure on the Chicago Bears to be aggressive still in the market here, whether it's trying to sign somebody or, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to convince uh, Allen Robinson that he needs to sign a long-term contract extension there. So that, that will be an interesting part of this. And, and that kind of leads me to if, if they did sign him to an extension, they can do the thing where he has a low cap hit this year and then has a huge cap hit later on when the salary cap goes back up. So they can do that. I mean, should you be afraid of the Bears a little bit if they do? Like, if you see Allen Robinson signs a long-term contract extension, are you like, oh, no, they must have a plan at quarterback? <laughs> I, I can't believe that the Bears have a plan at quarterback until they do something competent. They, they've never had a plan. They've never executed the plan. Um, 
Also, I don't want to sleep on Darnell Mooney too much. Mooney was really good last year, but what what scares you about that Bears offense? Like with with a league average quarterback, nothing. Like they would have to win defensively. It would have to be the classic Bears team that somehow grinds out wins, kind of like last year's five and one start, where they were winning in spite of themselves. Um, they don't really have a tight end that that strikes fear. Uh, the Montgomery Cohen combo you know at running back is fine and then Mooney and Robinson yeah that's a decent one-two punch but I don't love that and the offensive line is is you know average so I don't really love that the makeup of that Bears team I don't know if it's like a super big draw for quarterbacks to go there so um I'm not I guess I'm sleeping on the Bears I don't I'm not that intimidated by that franchise right now it's really if they get Russell Wilson, then just by proxy of having Russell Wilson, you are a Super Bowl contender. Yep. When you, I mean, when you look around the NFC too, Tom Brady's probably going to come back. And Tampa Bay will be a serious contender. But if Drew Brees retires, you are looking at a lot of teams that are in the middle type of tier, unless we see the ascension of someone like. Kyler Murray, who suddenly becomes a superstar or something like that, where right now he's kind of in that mid pack of quarterbacks, along with Kirk Cousins. And in my opinion, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff and all those guys, Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody's in the middle. Wilson would be other than Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the NFC. And that right there gives you a chance. And I think even with those weapons that you mentioned, he's going to have a top 10 offense just because he's Russell Wilson and he's that good. And they've run out worse for him in Seattle. And I imagine that part of this would also go along with trying to upgrade their offensive line, as you mentioned, which did struggle uh, last year. So that that's what is the entire swing here is could they possibly, because now Dallas is off of the list. New Orleans is not really a possibility. And that was also on Russell Wilson's list. So that brings us to Chicago. And there was one more team, the Raiders. And, and that that's my, that's Raiders. my club. Yeah. The Raiders. Okay. And that's a team that could trade quarterback for quarterback and, and be attractive to Seattle. So I agree that, yeah, that would be interesting, but now it's kind of down to two for teams that could trade for Russell Wilson. If he decided to, you know, really put on the full court press of get me out of Seattle. Uh, a few more things for you. So uh, Brandon Sheriff, Shreff, Sheriff is off the list. That leaves Joe Thune and uh, James Carpenter was also cut, but like, I don't know, you know, you don't really, you don't want to probably not. No, no. 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 Uh, but, uh, you know, I was using the hashtag guard frenzy because there seems to be more guards every day hitting the market who have also disappointed their teams. Any chance that the Vikings put on the, um, you know, the, the big sell to Joe Thune to come to Minnesota because he is now the far and away, not even close, best guard on the free agent market. Yeah, I think we're both realistically on team spend your money not all in one place, and that might be what it requires to get a guard of Joe Thune's caliber. The top guards are making, you know, $14 million a year if you're Zach Martin. Uh, and I think Thune would command that. I don't think Thune's taken less than than the top. So how are you going to fit that in? I think that only comes in conjunction with a significant move or two, like a Daniil Hunter trade where you shed a bunch of cap, releasing Anthony Barr. And, and even if you make just one of those moves, okay, then you can use the money to sign Thune, but you, don't, you have nothing else. Um, 
the Vikings have gotten inventive with opening up cap space that we don't really know exists. So maybe, maybe they find a way and maybe they could get that cap number low in year one, but boy, that's, that's a lot of money to give to a guard. That is, that's a lot of money. Um, I would say no, more than likely not. I also say more likely than not, no, unless they moved on from Riley Reef, which I'll get to in a second, and decided that our one and only answer for all of that cap space is Joe Thune and Joe Thune only. Because the reality of free agents is they're just going to take the best offers. I mean, sometimes you'll hear that, oh, well, they really like the food in that city. But usually that's just to... You know, I mean, kind of paint over the fact that that team had the best offer or an equal offer and they chose between two. So if you're the Vikings, can you give the guy the best offer and still keep Riley Reef? Probably not. Uh, and still sign defensive free agents you're going to need? Probably not, unless you're making other very drastic moves. So I don't see much of a chance they go that way. I think, even though I sort of just brushed off the James Carpenter, who's a comes from Atlanta, used to play for the Jets, was good for the Jets briefly, but you blow off that idea. But that's the type of guy that they'll probably be looking at him or like an Austin Blythe or like guys that, you know, when you sign them, they don't exactly hold a press conference in the middle of Mall of America. You know, it's just like, okay, well, maybe you've heard of this guy. Maybe you haven't. Uh, Well, you pulled up his PFF grades and they're not perfect. And, that, you know, all that sort of thing. That, of course, is the expectation for the guard position. But on the matter of Riley Reef, so they're going to have to make this decision. I think soon they could just wait and see how the draft goes. I don't know if that'll happen, though, because I think they want to have the space to be able to spend if they're going to move on from him. If I'm Riley Reef, I am telling the Vikings to fly a kite because Cam Robinson and Taylor Moten were both franchise tagged, taking two tackles off the market. So it's Trent Williams, and then it would be Riley Reef for guys who you can pay and play and feel halfway decent about and not have huge uh, concerns about them as your left tackle. You know, Trent Williams is going to get massive money from somebody. If I'm Riley Reef, I don't see a reason to restructure my contract or sign an extension before the start of free agency. I'm telling the team, cut me. I'm not signing your extension. Okay. You brought up something on a recent purple insider extra on our YouTube channel about Anthony Harris. And you said, that the fear with someone like that at his age, almost 30, is that you get caught in the middle of free agency, which might incentivize you to at least consider a like medium offer with the Vikings on a one-year deal. Is Riley Reef in the same boat? Like if he strong arms his way out of Minnesota, is he actually going to regret that decision? Because and, and I know what you laid out is compelling that he might be the number two tackle on the market. I think you could make that argument. Um, but I also would hate to be Riley Reef and get stuck or get shut out of that first wave. And then you wind up sort of waiting and waiting for somebody to make that offer. And the longer you wait, the more money gets spent and dried up. And suddenly you're signing for a $2 million deal. That has to be part of the equation for these guys. That if you, if you don't, get signed kind of right away when there's a lot of money, well, you're going to be in trouble. Now, I think Riley Reef's last season is is going to convince a lot of teams that he's worth it because he was very good. Um, so I think I think he'll probably, and he's not too old where people are going to think, oh, he's washed up. 
I think he'll probably find a home, but I think it's in the back of his mind. Like, okay, if I leave here, I might lose a lot of value and I'm not sure I'll be able to make that value back. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics, and I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics, and since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads, and if you're wondering what that means exactly... Well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855-217-2688, extension 232, to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company. So I'd, I think that he would end up in the first wave of free agency if they cut him because there's just nobody better and there's always teams that need a left tackle. I mean, when you look at the left tackle list, there's only a handful of people who even played tackle last year who are free agents at, at a, a high snap count. I mean, there's a lot more Rashad Hills on the market than there are Riley Reefs. And go back even a couple of years, when the Vikings signed Riley Reef. He was coming off of a year that was a little questionable. He had played right tackle for Detroit, and they were talking about, well, we've got to move him back across the line. Now he's got to go back to left tackle. And I remember being pretty skeptical. Now it's worked out well for them, but I remember being skeptical of the move, saying his own team moved him over to right tackle, and you're going to ask him to be your left tackle for that much money. But I'll give you my name. My one player that proves that Riley Reef will make a lot of money in free agency. Matt Khalil got a huge contract in free agency. Matt Khalil was just, I mean, hands down one of the worst left tackles in the NFL for multiple seasons and still landed a gigantic contract. Nate Solder got a huge contract after playing very average football for the New England Patriots. And even if you're Russell Okung was just kind of a guy. And then all of a sudden he's a star in the free agent market. I think that's just kind of left tackle for you. And the fact that two very good tackles and Cam Robinson and Taylor Moten go off the list to me says, you know what? I think that uh, Riley reef would be wiser to do that. And the Vikings uh, would be smart to try and, you know, I mean, I I've been on, on the side of, if you move on from him, that's okay. But mm -hmm. if they really want him. Like, you know, maybe a couple of days ago, it would have been better for you in terms of your chances to keep him on an extension or a restructure. Uh, I've got a few more of them. Kenny Galladay was not tagged by the Lions. Do you think the Lions are in full, like, hey, if we go four and 12 mode, it's totally fine and rebuild yes. this thing? Because, yeah, I think so, too. Does that mean are they going to be eyeing quarterbacks? I th yeah, I think they have to be. I mean, I don't. I, I don't think that Jared Goff is their their panacea for everything. Um, they've also got no wide receiving weapon. Like their entire wide receiving core is on the free agent market. Galladay now, um, Danny Amendola, and Marvin Jones. Who's left? Um, they've got. But is Adrian Peterson going to resign and be, <laughs> and be their uh, their two thousand yard rusher? 
try to break Emmett Smith's record this year. DeAndre um, Swift was good though for them. Say say that again. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he was good. He yeah, was good. no, I like Swift, and they used him way not enough because yeah. Peterson was eating up all the carries. I I think that good for Galladay, like for for getting a chance to like reinvent himself with another franchise where he's not really going to get buried because I think he's really good. I think Detroit is in complete rebuild mode. I think, unfortunately, there's not a lot of time for fans to like have these reset years with new coaches. Like, I think Dan Campbell's going to have a rough time of it this year. I think that I hope he gets the leash to kind of let his vision play out into 2022 and see what happens because usually it's two years for these new coaches. Heck, even one year for um, Kevin Stefanski's predecessor, can't remember his name, Freddie Kitchens. Yep. Sometimes it's one year. So it doesn't seem like they're really setting up Jared Goff or Dan Campbell to succeed in year one, but um, I think it's going to be tough in Detroit. I don't know who Jared Goff's going to throw to. Yeah, I, maybe they draft a wide receiver now and then try to address the quarterback situation after going 4-12 and 12 next year, and then they take Spencer Rattler or something with the top overall pick. I, I could see that as being the long-term plan in Detroit too because there are so many good wide receivers and you add Kyle Pitts to that. Uh, they have TJ Hawkinson, so maybe that wouldn't be their guy. But uh, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, I mean, there is an upper echelon of wide receivers that are really special in this draft. So if you're Detroit, you're maybe trying to, if your quarterback isn't there, like let's say Justin Fields drops. All right, we're going to take Justin Fields. If he drops, anyone else is going to be a wide receiver. But as far as how this impacts the Vikings next year, you can never write down two guaranteed wins when it's the division. But that seems like a situation where if we're filling out the schedule, which we will when it comes out in May, we're putting two W's next to those Detroit games because I don't think they're going to go all in and do a lot of things in free agency. They're going to take the slow approach, which for them is smart because they've just been fiddling around with being mediocre for a really long time. One more thing for you, Sam. Uh, This is from Marcus Mosier. He um, writes a lot about the Raiders and stuff, right? So here is their 2019 Las Vegas Raiders offseason. They traded for Antonio Brown. He was cut, obviously. They signed Tyrell Williams. They signed LaMarcus Joyner. They signed Trent Brown, okay? And they spent 60, 44, they spent you know, $140 million on these guys and more with Antonio Brown. And every one of them is gone now. And that was just in 2019. They traded Trent Brown just today to the New England Patriots back where he had come from. Marcus Joyner was cut. Maybe a guy that, you know, would be worth looking at for the Vikings. Tyrell Williams signed with somebody else already, I think, but had a four-year contract that went bust. And the Antonio Brown thing obviously blew up. Even though it has worked for some contending teams to sign a bunch of players in free agency, this would be your cautionary tale of overspending on middle free agents. Trent Brown was not that good, and they gave him a gazillion dollars. Same with Tyrell Williams and um, the same with LaMarcus Joyner. And I was thinking about what Stephen Weatherly told us the other day about becoming a little complacent, but also these guys – you know, they play through injuries and things like that to get to that free agent year. They get there and, you know, where's their body at by the time that they're 27, 28, 29. So just a little bit of a, you know, the best place to be is if you can get a superstar or if you can pick from the the bargain bin in August. And I think anything in the middle, this is where the Vikings have to be careful. Don't sign your Trent Brown. 
don't sign your LaMarcus Joyner. Don't sign your Tyrell Williams. Well, and you look at the Vikings track record, typically when they try that, it doesn't work out that well. Like Mike Remmers, for instance, that lasted two years. Um, Josh Klein lasted one year. A lot of the, it doesn't always work out for the Vikings either. But I think a lot of those guys for the Raiders who signed, they signed and they're like, wait, we're not in Las Vegas yet. We have to play in Oakland <laughs> one more year. <laughs> and they were they said, OK, well, we'll coast through this year and then we'll get to Vegas and all, everything will be, be will be better. I wonder if Mark Davis has some debts to pay, too. Like, I, I know he's not one of the wealthiest NFL owners and not having fans and like losing a bunch of money. I wonder if he's uh, not wasn't really excited to pay all those guys either. Was the uh, was the Trent Brown thing? Was that a trade with New England? Was that it reported? Was. Yeah, okay. it was. And uh, kind of just some draft picks going back and forth, but it was basically like, take them off our hands, New England. Right. Yeah, that it, it seems odd now that that this is where they're sort of losing talent instead of adding it. This was supposed to be like the the Mayock and Gruden era was building toward Vegas. Like that year three was going to be the the takeoff year. And it came up a little empty. And now year four might be a step back. Who knows? They might even change quarterbacks. Um, yeah, the, the the Vegas thing is not off to a roaring start, especially when you play your first year there without fans. It just feels wrong. So um, I'm still lobbying for Wilson to, to Vegas. I think that's my favorite fit. And uh, I hope it happens because the more Gruden and Mayock that can be in our lives, I think is, uh, <laughs> is better for everybody. At least for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Um, do you want Carlos Dunlap, Sam? You interested in Carlos Dunlap? He was released by the uh, Seahawks. Right. Um, and they just acquired him like a couple months earlier. Right. So that's, again, we're seeing so many players get dumped who are, you know, just got to a team that they can't afford. Um, it, it's kind of in the Geno Atkins realm, right? Like it's another Mike Zimmer guy that he he knows really well. He coached him when he was young. And I think Zimmer's largely kind of resisted the temptation to like get the gang back together from Cincinnati. He, he gets the gang back together from Minnesota. Um, the former Vikings always come back, but he hasn't really dipped his toe into those waters too often where he like Drake or Patrick, he could have brought back. Um, I think he had probably a, a hand in Darquise Dennard, I think, and and they didn't sign him. Anyway, with Dunlap, yeah, it, it's all about the price, right? I mean, I think he's got he's almost got a hundred sacks in his career, but he's also like thirty two years old and might be on the decline. So if you can get him for a small deal, I'm all for it. If it's like in the medium range, well, then we're in the danger zone, like you talked about with those those medium free agents, but um. Hey, if the price is right, I'm all for it. I think you need talent on that defensive line. I think Daniil Hunter's a question mark, and you got to replace him somehow. So you may as well do it with uh, someone who's going to be a little bit cheaper and Mike Zimmer knows something about. And I think he could be the guy, or maybe you know, there's a number of players who could be like this, who are the one-year deal for a small amount guy who wants to hit free agency again next year when the money is back. And that's the guy that the Vikings have to target. You know what? That sounds like an article at purpleinsider.substack.com. It sounds like a Sheldon. Carlos Dunlap can be the next Sheldon Mm, Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. Okay, that's who we should look for. So uh, just before we wrap up, what now, Sam? What's what? What do you think's happened? What's happening this week? Nothing's happened to us yet. Everything's happened. To everything. Everybody else. I want it to happen to us. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the Vikings <laughs> didn't 
really have any franchise tag candidates. And right. uh, today being Tuesday was the day for that. So that didn't happen. Um, I think we're going to have one significant uh, release. I think somebody's getting cut this week. Um, I'm going to put my money on Reef. I uh, don't have a source on that. Just speculating. I think Reef might be the first domino to fall, even though I've been advocating for a, uh, a, a an extension and a restructure. I still lean toward your opinion, which is he will not be on the team. All right. We will get back together for the Friday roundtable, which will be on Friday with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. He'll be our guest this week, and uh, we will talk to you then. Thanks for your time, Sam. Yep. See you, caller.